y'all's neighborhood the sandman saves halloween we have trouble seeing a real criminal and the babysitters don't do a lot of sitting do you frighten easily are you afraid of the dark possessed by evil spirits he is the count chocula to my frankenberry and we'd like to know who are you gonna call two real reviewers happy halloween i know we're we're uh, running a little bit behind. Um, I have my own scare going on, so. Um, but it's uh, it's been crazy um, this Halloween. It, did it feel different this year for you? The single most uh, barometer check for Halloween is that we didn't have a single knock on our door. You know, I I hear in cities like Marietta and Temecula, they were just overrun with kids. Our area, none. I had uh, one knock on my door, but we had our lights off. Even though we decorated, we had our lights off because Angela was out with Gup and, and I was home. But uh, uh, we had one knock on the door, and after reviewing it through my vivid video uh, doorbell, it was a friend of ours. <laughs> and I felt no. bad because I, <laughs> I was upstairs sick, so I didn't get a chance to say say hi to her, which is good because she had her baby with her anyway. So. Well, there, there was a benefit to not having any trick-or-treaters, and that was that the uh, number nine wash tub full of candy that we had purchased, just to be on the safe side, I was able to pilfer and, uh, and take all the almond joys out, well, I, of, uh, out of the bag. I was just going to ask you, what is your favorite Halloween candy? Right there, Almond Joys. Those really? I, When my kids were little, the, they didn't like coconut. I don't think they still do. So they, even as a kid, they would though. hand them over. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh. Sure. Mine, mine is the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Yeah, that's a very close second. But, you know, you never really got those because, you know, back, they didn't have, when I was young, they didn't have the minis. Right. Yet, you know, where you can get them or they didn't have the single yeah. pack when I was young. So yeah. back when I was young, if you, you would never get those. You would only get them if you got to one of the wealthy families and I did my air quotations because they would give out the full two you know the full size uh Reese's peanut butter cups that have the two in there so well we we didn't get to go to that neighborhood <laughs> your dad didn't take you to the rich neighborhoods no 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 you know honorable mention though for 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 candy when we were kids and I still like to this day were the the Hershey's miniatures yeah I mentioned yeah, the, the, the the Mr. Good bar and the special dark from those packets i still love those i used to like if that was a hundred grand bar hundred grand bar but hundred thousand do you yeah. remember the necos sure neco wafers yeah neco wafers i used to love those and we'd get those mini packs and we have like five in there oh I yeah love them. i love them anywho did you last question regarding trick-or-treating when you were a kid did you take and, and go through your candy Oh, sure. Like, no, was, I mean, like for safety, not for, for. I, absolutely. I was required to, it yeah. was, the, it was one of the last things done. I mean, this is, this is mid seven nineteen seventies, which seems like a lifetime ago only because it was, <laughs> but absolutely. I had to, I had to dump all my candy out. And I remember a couple of Halloweens that people handed out um, homemade uh, Halloween type candy, which my mother promptly threw in the trash. Right. And, you never ate any of the homemade stuff? Those old little old ladies put the bag together with the, what was that? Oh, gosh, it was like a, not recent peanut butter cups. What did they put in there? Excuse me. Rice poison. Rice, yeah, poison. Rice poison, cookies. that's what they put well, in we've there. we've all heard the old stories, man. Razor blades. Razor drugs, blades and all, all that, that, yeah. Well, speaking of Halloween and, and all the scary stuff that could be out there, we picked three Halloween, well, we picked two, and our real fans picked one. Um, and they did a very good job this week, by the way. They they did. And my one question for you, though, 
What is your all-time favorite Halloween movie? Halloween or scary? I'm going to say Halloween. Okay. Halloween, then it's Halloween. Okay. So the original. Okay. All right. Favorite yeah. scary movie. Favorite scary movie then. Um, oh, um, uh, uh, what's yours while I remember what mine well, is? Well, I'm going to tell you, I, every year I watch this movie and I'm extremely disappointed because it was not on any of the multi-live streaming platforms that I have. And I even couldn't rent it is mine is Gene Wilder's Haunted Honeymoon. Oh, yes. I think it is. I watch this, it. Huh? I watch it all every every Halloween. I watch it. I was very disappointed it wasn't there. My apologies for not coming up with the film Phantasm. Phantasm. Oh, that's a scary one. Yeah, that one really creeped me out as a kid. But Halloween no. is still, and I was delighted to watch it again for the 87th time because it holds up pretty well. Well, that's a classic. We're going to start off with something new. Um, the newest of Halloween films that have, I've seen of late. I mean, there has been, don't get me wrong, there's the poltergeists of the world. There's the, the Paranormal Activity 17, you know, because there are so many of these same things that are coming out. But this one was actually made for Halloween. It was based around Halloween, and it's Adam Sandler's Hoobie Halloween. Shalem needs me. What are you going to do, Mr. Dubois? We're going to do every act over 31st. Make sure every CDC is protected. No one in Shalem is safe tonight. So would you lose your thermos? Oh, that'll never happen. Anyway. Now, for me, this was just another Adam Sandler film. This was, I, I, I watched it because it's seasonal. I watched it and chose it because it's Halloween. And I, and I like comedy, comedy. I watch a comedy over any other type of movie. But I was very disappointed in this one. I mean, come on. Did he have to play his character, Hoobie, as the water boy character or little Nicky or whoever else you want to call it? Um, what did you what did you think of that part just that part of his how he acted as a character because i know you said you got to watch it and i know this is my pick but i yeah, I, I was gonna say there's some bonus coverage in here because uh I, I was able to to watch this my oldest son is a huge adam sandler fan and uh we were we were uh we were able to watch it on saturday on halloween itself mm -hmm. and you know, I, I'm not sure the last time I actually sat down to proactively watch an Adam Sandler movie because it just seemed to fit, fit in the same bucket. And I thought, well, maybe this is a little bit different, right? It, it's got the, the holiday and it's Netflix and Netflix usually puts some, some real quality stuff up there. Right. Man, I, and, and then I looked at the cast list and the cast list is, is uh, great. But boy, oh boy, I, I was... I I just was shaking my head at the end of it, going, "Why would they make this movie? Why, why wasted why, an why? hour and forty two minutes?" <laughs> it it wasn't well. There was some, you know, there were some sophomore comedic events. I mean, right. if if you didn't see all the all the the t shirt um, uh, sayings, oh, that was Angela's <laughs> favorite part. She wanted well, all yeah. those shirts. She wanted those all of those shirts. Yeah, and and that's what I think. That's what Bobby and I ended up laughing the most about. Um, um, <laughs> again, it's just if I think it would be funnier if he didn't play the character the way he played it. You know, we get tired of that same role he's played time and time again, and we've heard that. And I thought after the last few movies that he's done, that he would change that. Whether it's a comedy or a straight film, he would change it. But he went back to it, and I think your ratings of barely a five on certain scales out of 10 shows you that type of character isn't funny anymore. I thought he was trying to go a little more serious mainstream, especially with all the press that he got uh, with uncut gems. Yes. Um, well, let me tell you a little bit about Hoobie Halloween for our fans. Um, despite his Hoobie, okay, uh, is a man that lives in Salem. And despite his devotion to his hometown of Salem, uh, Hubie Dubois is a figure of mockery uh, for kids and kids alike. But this year, something is going bump in the night, and it's up to Hubie to save Halloween. 
Um, we've all seen in the past movies where kids get mocked and they come back. Uh, uh, what's the one with uh, Carrie? Remember Carrie? Oh, sure. Okay. Um, Christine. Okay. He was a nerd, but once he got his car, the car was evil, blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing with this storyline um, in a sense that Hubie was mocked as a child and he still continued to be mocked as an adult. Um, you know, and then things start to go against the people who have mocked him. And for all of our spoilers, if anybody hasn't seen it, and I think probably the ones that are going to see it have already because Halloween's over. But, uh, you know, he um, it ends up being his mom who is terrorizing the town against the, the ones that have gone against him as a child and as of today because they were tired. Uh, she was tired of her son being mocked. Um, they had a phenomenal cast, like you said. Uh, Kevin James, he keeps his friends. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta love Sandler though. He keeps his buddies employed. You I know, didn't see Kevin, Chris Rock in this though. No, but he had he had uh, Tim Meadows, Tim Meadows, and Rob Schneider, and Steve Buscemi, and Maya Rudolph, Kevin James, Ray Liotta. <laughs> Ray, I, when the, as soon as I saw Ray Liotta, man, I, oh, I just shaking my head, going, what? and what's with what was with Rob Schneider's uh, very copper tone type hair? Oh, I don't know what he was doing playing Richie Hartman. Ooh. I have no clue. Boy, that um, gave me that gave me the creep, man. But uh, George Wallace was in there. Um, Shaquille O'Neal, Ben Stiller. Um, you know, if you're going to look at a cast and go, wow, this has got to, you know, that's the thing. If you look at the cast before you look at the movie, if you watch the trailer before you, you get to the movie part, you would think this would be a hit. It would that's be what a I fun did. comedic hit. That's why I watched it, it. It flops so badly. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. There's some fun parts, but again, do we expect a comedy by Adam Sandler to knock it out of the park. I mean, the last great comedy he did in my book was 50 first dates. Um, hmm. Other than that, I don't think he's done very well. I, I blended was okay, but it, it rated critic wise. It flopped. Um, but this movie again, it, you know, uh, to me, you got, Oh, I forgot. There was some, Michael Chiklis was in this too. I forgot. That's right. Father Dave, the commission, the commission. <laughs> um, so it was a little, little, you know, a little disappointing um, for me. And, and I just, I recommend if anybody, if you, if you're bored and you just, you like satires and you like, um, gosh, even a sense, you can almost call this a parody because it actually had a lot of references to different horror films. Um, Christine right. was one of them. I mean, there was, there was a few in there that, that had it in there that, that were like that. Uh, looking through the eyes of a mask, well, that's Halloween. You know, there's, there was a lot right. of, of that back and forth. There was one little thing in there. I don't know if you, you saw, um, but this is for Adam Sandler. He, he had, he not only employs his buddies, but he employs his family. Both his real life daughters were in this film and oh, really? his, and his wife that. are in this film as well. <laughs> so, you know, and she's in all of his films. She really is. So, you know, <clears throat> again, it's just another Adam Sandler flick and if you're an Adam Sandler film you'll like it you'll enjoy it it's worth the stream just thank thank the lord though you didn't have to pay money for this well uh he, he, I'm not sure what your what your rating was money and I I didn't issue one I have, I'm I, I will kind of a, a I was bit. a spectator but I will tell you uh, that that uh, little Bobby Hurt being the the Adam Sandler fan that he is I can attest to the fact that he fell asleep during this movie on Halloween night. Really? Yes. Oh, I found him asleep at the tail end of it. So he must have missed the last, I don't know, 20 minutes or so of it, um, at least. And he claimed he was going to go back and watch it all over again. And I went, oh, you're doing that on your own, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, a couple little nods here. Uh, in the beginning, I don't know if you noticed it in Hoobies, uh, had a poster of uh, Smokey and the Bandit and Burt Reynolds in his room. Um, and that was a ode to uh, Burt Reynolds and his star, uh, you know, he starred alongside him and became his friend in the movie Longest Yard. 
Ah, okay. That's there's your. There's I guess a, that's our connect the dots. There's our I connection. Was <laughs> trying to figure out the, what you know what that was all about. Well, I think that's that's really cool because Bert Bert just died. What? Well, this was filmed in 2019. He died in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, and then um, you know, and then you know who was actually supposed to play the the young man in this movie was actually Cameron Boyce. Uh, he was supposed to appear in this film, and Cameron Boyce was, as we all know, as a young man that passed away. He was a Disney star, and he passed away this past year as well, yeah. uh, in 2019. So then um, they they do a little blurb at the end of the movie for him too, right? Yes, yeah, because they dedicated was, the, in, any credits. Yeah, he died in 2019. Actually, Burt Reynolds died in 2018. So I apologize for misleading our our fans there, um, but that's it. So my rating for for Hoobie Halloween, like I said, it, you know, we talked recently about this. We wanted to make sure: do we want to um, do we do you pay or keep save your money? That was kind of like why we're doing reviews for this movie. Watch it if it because it's free. If you have Netflix and you got it, and it's the one of part of the deals that. Adam Adam Sandler has with Netflix and it's a fun film to watch if you were going to go to a movie theater and spend 15 bucks to get in and see it or even at the discounts of seven at seven bucks I would say no I'd wait until it comes out but for me it is a uh, uh, very stale two, well yeah two popcorns very stale very very stale very stale two popcorns but it kind of goes in with the same what you what you're what you usually get from an Adam Sandler type movie, if I'm hearing you correctly. Correct. So that is it for me on that one. I don't know. Like I said, um, I thank you for getting a chance to, for you going out in there and watching. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, it was. I mean, it was. It, we we huddled in on Halloween, and we were kind of going through. We ended up watching Halloween, which we'll get to momentarily. Um, in the middle of the night, which was really pretty cool. Um, but we got the Hoobie thing taken care of. And then earlier uh, in the week, getting ready for show prep, um, we took a look. Well, not really, but we took a look at The Invisible Man. Ooh. Adrian, he was a sociopath. He said that I could never leave him. He controlled how I looked and what I wore. Then it was controlling when I left the house and eventually what I thought. So this movie is based loosely on the H.G. Wells novel that was published in 1897. I didn't know that that book was that old. Me either. I mean, that's... A long time ago. And I think Monty and I probably remember as kids in elementary school, at least I do, that every Halloween or thereabouts, we'd go see in the in the auditorium at our elementary schools, mm. we'd watch this Invisible Man movie. Uh, and I forget the year that it was made. It's an old movie as well, but it was he was wrapped up in bandages. And that's how you mm -hmm. kind of distinguish who he was. Same concept. But the 2020 version was directed and written by Lee Brannell, whose other credits include being the co-creator of the Saw franchise. No, no, not not that Saw, Monty, <laughs> the, the movie uh, Saw. Uh, Mr. Brannell also directed the uh, 2018 film Upgrade and has upcoming projects that include a remake of The Wolfman with Ryan Gosling. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that was coming up. And this guy is going to redo Escape from New York. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know if you should do that. That's, that scares me. Well, I mean, you, you, well, I, I bet you I can answer that question of yours by the time I'm done with my review, right? Okay. All right. So the movie stars Elizabeth Moss as Cecilia. Um, she keeps us in the, the movie keeps us in suspense as Cecilia tries to solve the mystery of having a presence around her after her boyfriend, Adrian dies by his own hand following their breakup. Now, never mind the fact that she drugged him and escaped from the house and hid out after escaping his controlling ways. Mm -hmm. 
Cecilia is convinced that Adrian staged his own death and has disguised himself with a suit of invisibility, given that he works in optics. Now, Adrian's brother, Tom, handles Adrian's estate of millions of dollars, of which Cecilia gets part of, but Tom seems to be in on Adrian's plan to torment her. Luckily, Cecilia has a friend who is a police detective, and his sister also becomes a victim of the scheme, and Cecilia is ultimately framed for the murder of her own sister. Next up, Cecilia discovers that she is pregnant after Adrian tinkers around with her birth control. Now, the brother Tom suggests that he knew Adrian was responsible for fooling with her birth control and hints that all could be resolved if Cecilia would have stayed with Adrian and maybe she still can. Dun, dun, dun. So what this implies is that Adrian really isn't dead at all and that he faked his own death. Okay. So in the end, Adrian is discovered alive, courtesy of his own brother. Cecilia is convinced that they were both part of the plan, but Cecilia outsmarts them all and is able to free herself from Adrian's spell once and for all. How does she do this? Well, you're going to have to watch this one. This movie is absolutely worth the watch. Wow. It is worth the $14.99 one month HBO Max subscription <laughs> that you might have to apply for or enroll in to get. And here's why this movie is a must watch. It is a well done redo. Right? I think every Halloween premise movie has been redone. How many Halloween uh, incarnations have there been with or without Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Um, this Hubie movie that we just talked about it, it is, is about saving Halloween. That movie's been, that movie premise, mm -hmm. albeit new, it was not all that spectacular, but how many different versions of Dracula have we seen? We talked about the Wolfman movie that's coming up. All of these have been redone in one way or the other, but this one is a current day version of it. They were able to integrate technology into the, the, the antagonist in this movie. The Adrian guy makes this suit that makes him invisible. So he's and not, he, is, he, is he really dead? He's not really dead. Okay, so I, have to, I definitely have to watch this. Don't he fake, fakes his death. <laughs> Should I, turn my, should I turn my headset off because I want to watch it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you might want to because, it, you know, he fakes his own death. The mm -hmm. brother is in on it. The, the, the effects that they are able to, to put on screen with having this presence, you know, and I think in the old campy version that we watched as kids, if, if the invisible man was sitting in a chair, then, you know, the seat cushion would be indented. Right, right. You know, th this is much different because you have this, this presence that, has, that makes footprints that he, you can tell he's breathing when it's really cold outside. He's mm. literally right behind Cecilia. He starts a kitchen on fire. She is sitting in a restaurant with her sister, and he is able to take out a knife, kill the sister, put the knife in Cecilia's hands in a crowded restaurant. And that's how she gets arrested for the oh, murder of her own sister. I see. And then she outsmarts all of them. You know, it, it's, it's amazing to hear this because, um, you know, they've tried to remake this film so many times and it's not worked out as well, mostly TV series. Um, but the original was in 1933. It was the H.G. Wells novel. Right. Uh, as you mentioned. Um, but, uh, it, you know, for this and then Kevin Bacon did a version of it, but uh, they were scientists doing it. So so you're saying this is this is definitely a go to. So this is this is thrilling all the way through. It, it, you get some mind trickery going in there. 
there's not a dead giveaway to most of the plot twists. Get it? <laughs> dead giveaway, right? <laughs> the one drawback is, is that they make a couple too many references about suicide, right? Okay. So Adrian was supposed to have you know, killed himself. Then the brother, Tom, may have killed himself as well. But, you know, what's a, what's a good horror film w without a murder or two, right? By your own hand or not. Mm -hmm. This movie, Monty, for the spirit of Halloween, this got three and a half Almond Joys out of me. Wow. Three, oh, Almond Joys. I like it. I like it. I, I, my hardest part with this movie, to be honest with you, and I haven't seen it yet, and she's the reason why I have it. I am not a big Elizabeth Moss fan. Um, there's a there's a movie that I went out and watched that I truly loved called The Kitchen. Um, it's about Hell's Kitchen, and uh, she is in it. And I did not like her character in this whole film. Um, and she, from that point, I you know, and I, and I was a big Handmaid's uh, uh, Tale um, person as well, and I stopped watching it because I'm just not a big fan of her. She she is able to get into character in this one mm -hmm. because she is she is tormented. Mm -hmm. And you see her kind of transform herself from the beginning of the movie where she's an otherwise straight laced um, you know, girlfriend living with this this rich fiber op or not fiber optics, this rich optics guy who is a big house on, at the beach, but he's some controlling you know manipulative guy and she has to plan her own escape gotcha but she goes from being an otherwise straight-laced girl to literally being out of her mind because all of these thing things happen mm -hmm. to her after she escapes and by the time the movie right before the very ending of the movie where she takes things she takes matters into her own hand she's she's in a she's in a, a 5150 situation uh she thinks that she's murdered people you know namely her own sister she's got that all weighing on her shoulders and you can totally tell and even visually the camera work in this movie is great they end up using cameras when no one else is in the room to portray the invisible man adrian being in a particular room and the way they use sounds to suggest that there's a presence in a particular room or in an area was very, very well done. I, I this, this will be annual viewing for me on Halloween. And unfortunately there is already talk that they're going to work on a sequel to this. I'm not sure how you do that, but this one, maybe she goes invisible. And maybe she does because, well, that's a good point because at the very end of the movie, the invisible suit she has in her bag, she takes it with her. Oh, there's your part two right there. There's your part two. Very good point, Mr. Cross. But was there so anyone else in there that she could, like, she didn't get along with? Maybe she's going to go antagonize that person. No, um, it, the, the, the brother, you know, the brother got killed, so he's done. Um, spoiler alert. She ends up killing Adrian. She puts the invisible suit on, kills Adrian, and then escapes. Well, you do know in the 1933 film, and then also the one with Kevin Bacon, that we once you become invisible, um, you actually become uh, like psychotic. You 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 know you. In both movies, they become enraged and become murderish in a sense i guess that's a word we're going to use um and that's what kind of happened with both those so maybe that's what's going to happen with her in the new one i'll watch it but you know how i get i'm, I'm a little worried uh, about sequels right but this one is definitely in fact i'd watch it now man if you got time on your hands, I'd watch it now. Halloween was only, you know, wasn't that long ago. Well, this is more of a horror film, so we can keep, we can watch it outside of Halloween, outside of like Hoobie Halloween, which is a Halloween movie. This is not really Halloweenish. It's well, it is, but it's a horror film. So it's, it's right. I mean, when we were kids, any time that they showed that that Invisible Man movie, it was right around on the Halloween. Right, and that's when Dracula came out and the, the Thing and Frankenstein. And, Frankenstein, the you know creature from the Black Lagoon, all those ones. I mean, this is this is worth a look, Halloween or not. 
I think you're going to like it. Well, speaking of The Thing, which was what you had just mentioned, and I have a little tidbit on that one and a few, uh, we're heading off to our, our two real reviewers, real fans pick of the week. What'd they pick, Ron? They went old school on us, and they chose the 1978, the original, the one and only, the best of the franchise, as far as I'm concerned, 1978's Halloween, featuring the on-screen entry, first role for Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, oh, I love her so. <laughs> and Donald Pleasance. I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. And Donald Pleasance. It's almost forgotten that Donald Pleasance was in this movie. Well, do you remember we recently, not recently, on our second season now, um, we reviewed a movie with him in it. Can you name the movie? No, I can't. Escape from New York, which was a John oh, Carpenter right. film, yeah, which it. is Halloween, John Carpenter. <laughs> so there's our connected dots. Um, he was the president in, uh, in, in uh, Escape from New York. So he was, he was the what? He was the president that they were trying to save. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yes. it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> you know you know why I would be distracted about talking about Escape from New York, right? Well, because you just mentioned it, right? That they're thinking about remaking this thing? Right. That, that's the, scary. The guy, the guy that did – well, no, I was thinking about Adrian Barbeau. But oh. <laughs> that's why I couldn't think that Donald Pleasance was you know, the president momentarily. I've been told my but, wife I'm not allowed to think of that anymore. Same – same John Carp. Well, I got your back, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing you a bone every once in a while. <laughs> so John, it. you know, this is John, you know, John Carpenter's, um, one of his, uh, you know, uh, cavalcade of, of horror flicks, um, that's, that's been respected for as many years as it's been out, mm -hmm. uh, essentially about the, the antagonist in the movie, Michael Myers, <laughs> who, um, was responsible for the death of his teenage sister on a Halloween night when he was a little kid. Right. And after serving time, uh, he is able to escape from wherever he was uh, incarcerated right. or being held and begins to wreak havoc uh, on his, on his hometown, including all of the babysitters. You know, it's like all these parents in this neighborhood must've all gone to out to dinner at the same time. Oh, gone to the same Halloween had, party, I guess. <laughs> they all had they, they all had uh, they all had babysitters that that showed up. That yeah, you know, they all did kind of a crummy job, quite frankly, because they were more interested in you know uh, getting beers and uh, getting lucky than they were about actually watching you know watching the kids. Well, it, it, it was in smoking pot. <laughs> yeah, which you know, I I have to ask this question though. Why why did he go after all the babysitters? You know, I think that's the connection that's really never been made. Is uh, his? Is, is I don't know if his if maybe his own sister that he that he killed was a babysitter. I not sure. Well, I I think what I is it because his sister didn't pay attention to him. While she was babysitting, remember he was she was caught with her boyfriend in the opening scenes, if I'm not right. mistaken. Yeah. So, and then, did you also notice one thing about this movie that, as far as the blood is concerned, you saw it in the opening scene when he killed his sisters, you know, on her and on the knife. Throughout the rest of the murders that he commits, do you ever see blood again? Outside no. of it, maybe being on the knife. Like, yeah, even no, when he drops no. the knife, there's no stains on the ground. There's no, when he stabbed uh, the one boyfriend and hung him against the wall, 
no blood dripped. And they even showed his feet dangling. Usually you'd see like a pile of blood. It was not your typical slasher film. Right. No, go- just, not a lot of gore. Yeah. It was very just suspenseful and menacing in the sound, you know, and I think that had a lot to play too with the music. Think about the music at the, at this point too. I mean, that, that sound that came on. Right. Okay. So, and, and let's hold for a second here. We're going to listen to it. You ready? that's awesome that would freak me out if you know i'm just saying anytime i hear that i freak I, I get freaked out that that piano music it's just that's one of the best i would say soundtracks that came along with with a horror film or i don't want to say soundtrack it's more of a sound bite um to See, go back though this yeah. is th- this is where you're starting to pay attention to the music of these films <laughs> you got me into that yeah that's right so pay attention I, I, I will I will go back and tell you one thing. Um, it was Smith's Grove Sanitarium, and he returned to his hometown, Haddonfield, Illinois. So he escaped from the Smith's Grove Sanitarium. The only part I would say about this movie, I think that we, I wish outside of him, you know, jumping on top of the car while while the doctor gets out and is trying to figure out what's going on. And, and he scares the nurse and the nurse gets out of the car and he jumps in the station wagon and drives away. I wish they would have shown him how he got outside of the, the, the mental hospital. Yep. You know, you just have them like when they pulled up, they're all walking around. So, you know, don't get me wrong. John Carpenter is a phenomenal writer and director when it comes to his movies. Every single one of his horror films in my mind has become a cult classic. Um, it, including this one, um, he, every single one of them. Oh, come on. You got, I mean, the fog escape from New York, assault on precinct 13. I mean, you can go down and down in line. The guys made some just phenomenal, you know, horror films uh, and, and just movies in general. I, I mean, big trouble in little China. I mean, they're all cloak Catholics. Think about that. He, okay. Planet terror grindhouse. I mean, we can name them. I wouldn't. Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe not all. There's, of them, but I mean, there's he, a couple that there are a couple that are in there that I, I I'm I, I'm I'm not real fond of. But uh, complete body of work, you know, with the ones that you mentioned, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. Starman is is an underrated movie that I swear no one has ever seen when I mention it. And he made I think he made he made that right after he made Christine, which is a Stephen King book, which mm-hmm. is great, right. Right, the thing. Did you see the connected dots on the th- or the ode, or the nod to the thing in? Uh, yes. In Halloween. Yes. Yes, I was hoping you'd see that. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I was like, right on. Um, so that makes me just wonder that you know he, you know, this movie was made in what nineteen seventy eight. Yep. The thing that he directed and put out was in nineteen eighty two. So when he put that in Halloween in nineteen seventy eight on the TV screen, he knew you- it was coming. You think he had that in his, his oh, pocket? Oh, sure. He had to have. Absolutely. And, you know, he also did a, um Invisible Man movie. Yeah, he did. And I'd kind of like, nope. like to see that. Memoirs I, of an Invisible Man. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, this whole Invisible Man thing all over again. I may go re- read the book. I may find that movie from the 30s that, you know, was the guy wrapped in the bandages and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm all into it again. All into it again. There is a movie that he made, um, and it didn't get a lot of pop, uh, you know, a lot of love. Um, and I watched it, and I'm going to be honest with you, I can't watch it again. And um, the, the reason is, is because the main character who was the evil character, not the main character, but the evil character in it, just his look and the way he acted and the way they did this in the film, it just bothered me. It bothered me. It, it literally scared me. Um, and that is the ghost of Mars. 
that John Carpenter did in 2001. Oh, yeah. um, Natasha Henstress was in it with Ice Cube and Pam Greer. The, 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 the guy that's in there, it just, ugh, it, it gave me nightmares the first time I watched it, and i just never been able to watch it since. But he, this movie here, for me, started it all off for him. I mean, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, as far as the horror films are concerned, he's had great movies and stuff like that. But in 1978, I mean, this was it. This was it. And, and did so well uh, in the theater. And it becomes such a, a uh, it's a classic. I mean, we watched this film not just during Halloween time. And it's not just because, you know, there's all the babysitter boobs flopping around in every scene. But um, <laughs> I would, the only thing I was disappointed is why didn't Jamie Lee Curtis get I had to wait all the way till trading places to finally see those. <laughs> exactly. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> oh man. I'm going to get in trouble for that one. <laughs> but anywho, um, she was beautiful back then. And, and you know, and uh, just these movies, this movie here, I've, I've seen it a few times. I asked my kids to sit down and watch it last year during Halloween. And um, they, they didn't, it wasn't the, it's not what the kids grew up with. I mean, they grew yeah. up with the, the show me the blood splattering on the wall and the guts coming out of the body and they didn't find it very thrilling. You know, they just kind of like, Oh, it's okay. They never jumped. I oh, I, I jumped. I, I remember watching this. I mean, in, in the, in the mid seventies, when this came out 78, right. It, it's on the heels of, of movies like Carrie Right with our mm -hmm. with uh, Sissy Spacek and The Exorcist, which absolutely just messed with my head as a twelve year old kid, <laughs> and this one did too. And I remember watching it on Halloween night when I was I don't know what was I twelve, mm -hmm. um, in the middle of the night with the lights out, just like I watched it the other night in the middle of the night with the light, and it still got to me. And I'm fifty four years old. Well, give a lot of love to to. Um to to mr carpenter because he's still alive uh still doing things um he's got a tv series out called homecoming uh that he he is a writer on um so you know good for this man um i i thank him for all the great movies that he's given us and and especially uh, this one yeah absolutely this is a great pick from our fans absolutely great this, pick. this got three and a half king size snickers wow out of me this week my this one for me got four of the Reese's peanut butter cups because it's one of my all-time favorites. Now, I will say this, okay? Um, there was a little bit of controversy on our fans, real fans on the social media website, um, that had a lot to do with people were trying to like, what about the poltergeist? What about you know, I I want everyone to know we chose these four movies in the po in the in the poll because they all had main characters that were evil. Michael Myers, Freddy, Jason. So I apologize that a lot of people were coming out with this like paranormal activity. What about paranormal, you know? We were going classic and we were going ones that had characters that started franchises. So for all the folks out there that was asking, I'm so sorry. Well, those four, I mean, you put that list together and you nailed those four. Oh, Any of those would have been fine selections if we're looking at classic movies. I get all the new stuff, and and again, go see, you know watch the Invisible Man. I your your kids may dig it. Yeah. Ben may dig it because of the whole technology and optics thing and all that, and the way that they made the movie, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we we wanted, and by the way, it's our podcast, so. <laughs> you'll you'll take what we give you and you'll like it right? or you won't um but it, those four any of them would have been fine watches and i'm i'm glad that that halloween one i can see where everybody would you know another generation might go well what about this and what about that I, I i get it i guess it's a good thing that that scary movies and horror and thriller flicks are still being made and there's still a market for them well, you know, and one last thing about Halloween, I love how he went about how how he went about his business. He never ran; he always just walked. Yeah, he, and 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 he turned the lights out. I mean, when he, you know, uh, when when Lori's checking in, checking out what's going on in the house across the street, right? Mm -hmm. He turns the light. He turns the lights on. 
And then he turns the lights out, right? Did you get the typical Jamie Lee, not Jamie Lee Curtis, but every actress at this time, taking off running and tripping? Yeah, something to trip over. I'm trying to think of if that happened in The Invisible Man. I I just, I kind of laughed my butt off because I didn't see anything that she could have tripped on besides her own feet. Yeah. (laughs) But I guess if you're scared. And and there's, I will say that there's a scene in The Invisible Man where she's scaling a wall and she can't quite get her foot, her footing. Wow. Now that I, man, that must just be some sort of token uh, scene they have to throw in there. I think it's always like a nod to, yeah, it's always a nod to the old ones, you know, it's like, Hey, we're going to put this in this movie, even though we don't, we shouldn't. Or to uh, the New York giants quarterback, Daniel Jones, for being able to mysteriously trip over his own feet (laughs) while running down the field. He was, he was tackled by the invisible man. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, what a great way to end our, our Halloween-themed podcast. And apologize again for, for being a little late, folks. Um, and we have another sad announcement to make this week. On the heels of great movies to watch for Halloween, well, two out of the three that mm-hmm. were great that we ended up watching, came news that uh, a very beloved actor who had just movie after movie after movie and that voice that voice the one and only sean connery passed away on halloween yes and not that we do this for every celebrity or every profession acting professional that perishes but monty and i talked and we decided that there's such uh, a plethora of of movies to watch that next podcast is going to be dedicated to the one and only Sean Connery. Yes, the Mr. or not Mr. Excuse me, Sir Sean Connery. I always Sir. forget that. Yeah, Sir. I did not know that. Um, you know what? But, you know what would sound good, Sir that? Delmont Crawford. Oh, absolutely. I think we should have that. I agree. I'm going to call the Queen right now. Um, it is. It's unfortunate. Um, I've really enjoyed a lot of his work. Um, mostly his, his past work, not any of his late stuff. <laughs> um, but, uh, cause I wasn't a, I wasn't a big fan of him in Indiana Jones. I thought that was, no. a, that was a bad, that was a bad, bad one for, for Spielberg. Um, but, uh, he was amazing. James Bond, um, absolutely amazing and, and set the, the bar pretty high for that franchise that has continued on and on and on. Um, and hopefully, you know, they'll show tribute to him somehow um, when they do this uh, moving forward. But, you know, he lived 90 years old. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm, you know, sad to see him pass. I, I love the great movies he was in hunt for red October, the rock. Um, the movie I actually like that I think is kind of skimmed under the radar, but it, I think a lot has to do with this, the supernatural part of it um, is a league of extraordinary gentlemen. So I'm actually going to review that movie, even though I've seen it a million times, I'm going to watch it again. Um, and uh, we'll review it for our listeners. And a suggestion from Monty for me, a movie that I have not seen before that he was also a producer for was made a couple of years before the league of extraordinary gentlemen, a movie called finding Forrester. So that'll be my selection and we just couldn't put a podcast together about the work of and life of Sean Connery if we did not uh, give a nod to his, his portrayal of Bond. Now, absolutely. what came out over the weekend is that, you know, he was not the first choice of Ian Fleming to play Bond. He was number three. Really? He, he, was, he was like the, the third pick. I forget who the other two were uh, bef- before him, but the, oh, one of them was Cary Grant. Mm. Uh, apparently, Cary Grant was number one, and I forget who number two was. Now, I have to ask you, Monty, as we respect, as we're paying our respects to Sean Connery, is he your favorite James Bond? It's it's tough. It's tough. I, I would have to say, I would have to say he's he's one and two, one and two. I mean, um, who's the one right after him? Oh. Well, n- number one for me is Roger Moore. Thank you, Roger Moore. That would and be. and that's only because the ma- the majority of the Bond movies that that Sean Connery made uh, were done before I was born. But the mm. Roger Moore movies in the seventies, and forgive me for saying this, but I still think that Moonraker is my favorite James Bond movie ever. 
Oh. I shouldn't say that because it's so campy anymore, I'm sure. But man, I remember watching that movie as a young boy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I remember my dad taking me to see these. Um, it, it's kind of funny because just so our real fans know, I'm actually ill right now. I'm kind of ill and I'm isolated from my family for a little while. Um, we we're waiting. Um, but anyways, it, it reminds me, my dad took me to see a James Bond film and it was uh, For Your Eyes Only. Oh, yeah. That's and another good one. The only thing I remember about that film is because I was sick when we were there. Is I coughed a lot in the film and my dad kept trying to get me to be quiet and um, ended up in the hospital and I ended up with pneumonia and I was in the hospital for two weeks after that. Oh, my man. mom was pissed that he she took took me out. He took me out on a call. It was actually took me out for my birthday. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> and a happy belated birthday. Oh, thank uh, you. To to Mr. Crawford who celebrated on November one. Hopefully thank you. I appreciate that. Hopefully this isn't like all tied together, you know. Starting to remember James Bond Mills when I was gotten sick when I was in the hospital and Sean Connery passing away. <laughs> So we're, yeah, I'm knocking on wood over here. So you've got the two movies that Monty and I have picked that we're yes. going to review and then look for a poll on yes. Twitter and Facebook and our other social media platforms. We'll get yes. it out there. Yes, yes. These are the four Bond movies that we want you to vote on. Mm -hmm. Dr. No, Goldfinger, mm -hmm. Never Say Never Again, okay. and From Russia with Love. So that that's almost going to be as tough as getting a final vote, you know, for the Halloween movies, because I'm, I'm thinking I'm looking at all four of these and I'm going, God, any of those could probably win. I, I, I think maybe Dr. No probably gets a little bit of a nod, but I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be tough. He did some great movies. He did some great Bond movies. He did a lot of great Bond movies and a lot of great movies, period. Yes. Um, and that'll be, that'll be on, uh, on the next edition um, of our podcast. Yes, yes. And that will be out uh, this coming Friday. So, Mr. Crawford, continue to, to uh, recover uh, from, the, from, the, from the creep and crud uh, disease that you have. Uh, rest up by watching a lot of movies. I shall. I shall. Over the next few days. Uh, happy belated Halloween. Happy belated uh, birthday to you. Uh, RIP to the one and only Sean Connery. And until next time, we are two real reviewers. You'll hear us next week. A funky zombie that doesn't speak A broken bride with blood in her hair But nobody cares, nobody cares The boogeyman has bugs in his teeth A pirate pulls a sword from its sheath Frankenstein is out of his mind And all I want to do is trick or treat